0: Thank you, Paul. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you again. Um, if you've still got your Bibles with you, it'd be good to have them open in Genesis 32. The uh, last verse of that song that we just sung spoke about how what God has said many years ago will echo down through time. and still have principles to tell us. Uh, this is a, quite a strange passage that we're looking at under this title of the Puzzle of Prayer. Um, But you've been on this a few weeks, haven't you? Looking at the Puzzle of Prayer, so you've got it sorted now, yeah? (laughs) Those were cynical laughs. If it was a a puzzle of a, a jigsaw, have you got the outline? Yeah, or are you starting to fill it in, or are you still just working out, I don't even know what shape this is? It really is a puzzle, isn't it, a prayer. But if you think about it, prayer... Perhaps not in the form that Christians um, really think about it and speak about it, but the response of prayer is almost a natural thing, almost for every human being. Um, If you're in a bad situation, you say, oh God. It might not be articulated quite in the way that we would like it articulated, but it's a calling to something, someone outside of us. I don't know if you saw some of the interviews that took place after that, Terrible minibus accident on the M62 uh, where those girls go into that hen party. and um, one, one died and some are still critical. And they interviewed people in the village from where those women came. And uh, the response was, well, um, our thoughts and our prayers go out to them. It, it's something almost naturally that we do, isn't it? We We, we pray. Um, And of course, for us Christians, as you read in God's Word, it is uh, a beat that you'll find time and time again from the people of God. When times are good, they pray. When times are bad, they pray. When there's a decision that needs to be made, um, we pray. It's there throughout the Bible. But this morning, we're looking at this business of praying when times are tough, praying when all is not well. And... It struck me as I was preparing for this. When it comes to the business of prayer, there are so often negative words and ideas that we associate with the word prayer. Uh, prayer, unanswered prayer. yeah, Prayer, the mystery of prayer. The overall title that you've got for this series, the puzzle of prayer. We talk about enduring in prayer. And from this passage, we have the idea of wrestling or struggling in prayer. So very often there are these negative concepts that go around the whole business of prayer. And Paula, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I remember as a child singing the song, prayer is like a telephone, yeah? And all you need to do is pick up and talk to God. If only it was like that, yeah? It's usually like the problem you had trying to get through. All right. Is anyone there? Is that, are you sure? Or it's there for a bit, and then, then it goes. It's not that simple, is it? And prayer, which in normal circumstances, if we're honest, most of us find it difficult, it's made even more complex in tough times. And when you're going through a tough time, and this morning we're going to look particularly at personal tough time. So when you're going through any tough time, if the response of God's people is, well, you just need to pray. All you need to do is pray. Sometimes you feel like you want to graciously headbutt them, if you can graciously headbutt anyone. Do you mean just pray? What do you think I've been doing since i found myself in this tough situation? So, praying when it's tough. This passage that we've had read to us um the context you will all know because you were here at walk through the bible yesterday or some of you were and you probably can do all the actions because it's about jacob smooth and esau rough is that right you see i just picked that up from phil this morning brilliant (laughs) (laughs) Um, the context here is that jacob and his brother esau had fallen out Uh, if you want to turn back to chapter 27 you'll see the circumstances Around that, it really concerned the way that Jacob had cheated his older brother Esau out of the inheritance that should have gone to him. It was more than just inheritance, but uh, a blessing that was going to come Esau's way. Jacob, with the help of his mom, had actually got in first and caused upset. And so they had fallen out. And in chapter 27 and verse 41, Esau therefore held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father is near, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Soon dad is going to die. As soon as he is off the scene, I'm going to get my own back. I'm going to kill Jacob. And so Jacob had fled. And Jacob was one of those characters, he reminds me a little bit of um, Frank Spencer. Those of you of a certain age may remember Frank Spencer. Not that he was a bit effeminate, you know, <clears throat> Betty, but he seemed to cause havoc wherever he went. There was a trail of disaster behind Jacob. He caused it at home, and as he ran away, in his wake, there was a whole load of other mess that he left behind him. And you'll find in the following chapters after chapter 27, Jacob got himself into all sorts of scrapes. Um, And he really got a bit of a reputation as being a bit of a crook, a bit of a cheat, and yet, and yet, despite that flaw in his character and the devastation that he left in his wake, God still used him. And God still blessed him. And God still answered his prayers. Take hope from that. Um, It's not... Uh, an excuse for us then to be like Jacob, but it is an indication of God's grace. That he still answers the prayers of the most crooked individuals. And so there is hope for us. And so 20 years later, Jacob and Esau meet. And Jacob is concerned, how will Esau react? Will he carry out that threat? Uh, He has a great concern for himself and his family. In the reading that we had in chapter 32, it's summed up in verse 11, which is the heart of the prayer here. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am am afraid that he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. Jacob's troubles, the particular problem that he was facing here, was largely because of his own stupidity and his own willfulness. Um, Others were involved as well. Esau was not innocent in this at all. In fact, the reason why Jacob took advantage of him twenty years over, uh, twenty years before, is because Esau himself was basically um, a bit greedy, and he didn't value what he was going to inherit. And in Hebrews in chapter twelve, you needn't turn to it. In Hebrews chapter twelve and verse sixteen, uh, the writer of the Hebrews says this: "See that no one is sexually immoral." Or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. So Esau was also implicated in the troubles that Jacob was finding himself. But I think there's an important principle here that we can take heart from. And as I said, it's not an excuse for sinfulness or willfulness or deliberately going our own way. But with this whole business of praying when the going gets tough, yes, We can still pray when the going gets tough, even if the toughness, even if the situation we're finding ourselves in is a result of your own stupidity. Sometimes we think, because we have gone wrong and we know we have gone wrong, therefore God is not going to listen to us. God is gracious, and he will. Of course, there needs to be repentance and humility and understanding of why we're in the situation we're in. But the lines, the communication lines are not always severed permanently because of our stupidity. Again, grace reigns here. And that's one of the lessons we can learn from Jacob. Even if the circumstances that you are going through at this moment are the the result of your own sin, your own stupidity, if we humbly come to the Lord, he will still listen. Well, what was Jacob's particular concern? What was his trouble in this situation? Well, we've already alluded to it there in verse 11. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid that he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. Basically, Jacob was worried that he was going to be annihilated. His brother was going to carry out his threat and kill him and also kill his family as well. And what does Jacob do? knowing that that was his personal problem. Well, he expresses his troubles to God. That's what he does. Lord, these are my concerns. Lord, this is the way I think this is going to play out. We're very good at that, aren't we? You know, sometimes I can find myself in a situation, and in the fraction of a second um, between the time when I've Uh, heard the news or find myself in a situation before I act, I can play through everything that's going to happen. Have you ever done that? Um, Sometimes when I'm expecting a phone call and I hear the phone ring, before I pick it up, I've arranged so many things in my mind because this is what's going to happen. We're clever at that. And and Jacob was doing that. He was saying, this is the situation I'm in and this is how it's going to play out. Esau is going to annihilate us. I cannot see a way out of this. But what does he still do? Lord, I pray to you. This is the way I think it's going to play out, but I'm going to hand it over to you. Don't be afraid to have a rant at God and say, Lord, this is the situation I'm in. I can't see a way out. If it was left to me in my circumstances, this is the way it would play. But Lord, I hand it over to you. Ian Barclay, who was a, a preacher on the south coast, um, or oh, a few decades ago now, um, was in Christian ministry, and uh, he tells a story how he was going through a particular tough time, and he was at home in his own study, and he was just mulling through his mind all the problems that were weighing down on him, and he said a picture came to his mind of a pyramid upside down. And the point of the pyramid was right in the middle of his neck here, and he just felt it was like a great weight down on him. And he was going through all the scenarios that his troubles were calling him, uh, um, his troubles were causing him, and he just thought, "I just can't take this." And he got up from his study and he went through to the lounge where his children were watching an episode of Blue Peter. And the Blue Peter presenters had just returned from a trip to Egypt where they had visited the pyramids. And one of the presenters said, and the average pyramid weighs, and he said how many million tons the average pyramid weighed. (laughs) And Ian Barclay just suddenly realized, well, that's why I can't take it. (laughs) Because if the average pyramid weighs that much, there's no way I can bear that on my shoulders. And then a verse from the Bible came to his mind that the government shall be upon his shoulders. So, In his mind, he said, Lord, you take it. You have it on your shoulders. You can take it. You can take the strain. It is good to have a rant at God sometimes and say, Lord, this is just too much for me. You see it in the Psalms, don't you? Listen to uh, Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. Later on, Psalm 40 and verse 12. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Jacob was concerned that he was going to be annihilated. He could just see how it was going to play out. But Lord, over to you. Over to you. This is how I feel. And sometimes they're the most honest prayers, aren't they? We just say, Oh, Lord. This is how I'm feeling. This is the situation. But Jacob glimpsed something of a bigger picture here. Um, Back to chapter 32. Um, He says to the Lord, Lord, my worst fears don't seem to fit in with your plans. This is what I think is going to happen. But verse 12, But you have said, I will surely make you prosper.'" and make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. My worst fears aren't fitting in with what your word says. So we seeing a different scenario. This is the now. This is what I perceive is going to happen. But you've got something else which doesn't fit in with the way I think it's going to work. Um, This is my wallet, which has got a bit of money in it. Ah, Surprising. But like most wallets, or I guess ladies' handbags, it's got a lot of other stuff in there as well. And one of the things I've got in here is this card. And I made this card just under three years ago, when as a family, we were going through some really tough times. And... um, It was very interesting. We got the news of what was happening to us. And some of you are aware of what we've been through. And um, uh, no time to go into the detail now. But within about half an hour of us beginning to realize the seriousness of the situation, into my mind popped a verse from the Lord. And perhaps this is one of the times when the connection was made two ways. And God spoke to me through his word. And this verse from the Psalms came to me. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make the righteousness shine, make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun, Psalm 37, 5 and 6. And so I got these cards just printed up, and I passed it out to the rest of the family. I said, hold on to these, put me in your wallet, stick them on your fridge, do whatever. And, and that's what we've, we've done as a family. And there were times in the middle of that trouble when I didn't pray. That's one thing that trouble does to you, actually. It means that you don't pray. So I freely admit there were times when I just didn't pray. I just hadn't got the energy to pray. There were loads of times, therefore, I didn't feel like praying, but I still prayed almost grudgingly. And there were times when I prayed saying, Oh, Lord, I don't know what you're doing here. And I was having the rant sort of situation. But at the backdrop of whether I felt like praying, whether I was praying or not, whether there was any faith in the prayer I was praying, I kept this before me and I still keep this before me because we're still in the trouble, really. We're not completely through it. Lord, this is something that you have promised because you gave it me right back at the very beginning. And I didn't sort of arrange this. It's something you said to me, a promise that you gave to me. And I can't still see how this is going to be completely fulfilled, but I'm trusting you. My circumstances say one thing, but your word says another. Lord, I'm totally confused. I know what I would like. I know how I would like to see this worked out. But if you have a different plan, if you have a bigger plan, in fact, I'm sure that you have a better plan, then over to you. And so prayers in those times um, demand faith that you've never had before. They really demand prayers of faith. To say, Lord, give me a bigger picture. Show me what you're doing in this situation. I would like resolution here. I would like the now sorted. But you're dealing with the then. Something else. Give me a glimpse of that. Show me what you want. And that's what Jacob was doing. He was saying, Lord, I feel I'm going to be annihilated. That Esau is going to come and kill me and wipe my family out. But actually you've said that through me you're going to do something great. I don't see that because my circumstances seem to contradict what your word has said. But I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to trust your word. So give me a bigger picture. And so what happened? What happened? Well, chapter 33 tells us what happened. They met, and everything was okay. Oh, wonderful, they lived happily ever after. Prayers were answered. But Jacob was not the same man. Not just that he had grown in the 20 years because we have this really strange encounter in verses 24 to 31 where Jacob wrestles with a man who he believes is God. And I'm not sure what was going on here but what was the result of this encounter, this struggle, this wrestling? Well, Jacob was permanently scarred. Something happened to Jacob that was with him for the rest of his life. And you've probably heard it said, if you haven't heard it said, you'll hear it many times when people talk about prayer, that prayer doesn't just change situations, it changes us. And I think this is perhaps one of the main purposes of prayer and one of the lessons that we learn when we pray during tough times, that it doesn't just do something to the situation that we're praying about, but it does something to us. It molds character and it leaves reminders. And so from this point on, every time Jacob moved, he'd be reminded of his encounter with God, wouldn't he? Because he'd be limping. He'd be limping. And he'd think back to that time when he really wrestled with God. I know, I know that I am not the same man that I was three years ago. The trouble that we went through and the prayer that we went through, has done something to me. It has shaped my character. Um, It has scarred me. But perhaps for the good, if that's possible, because I am now less self-sufficient. I think I'm a little more sympathetic. I'm certainly more dependent. It has caused a limp in my soul. And In a sense, I'm grateful for it. It's done something in me that good times can never do. But prayer in the troubled times have affected me as well as done something in this situation. So take time for the rent. Ask for the bigger picture. But be prepared to be changed. God, what do you want to do in me? in this situation you might sort the situation out but Lord what are you going to do in me where are you going to touch me in a way that I'll never be the same again I guess as the, the elders those here who were sorting out the passages for praying in t- troubled times you could have chosen a host of passages um, and I in my mind thought well we could have looked at Jonah praying in times of trouble yeah. so I just want to finish by reading you Jonah's prayer and in many ways there are parallels here with Jacob because he was in this situation because of his own stupidity, his own willfulness but that didn't mean that he couldn't pray, so in Jonah in chapter 2 and verse 2, in my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me, from the depths of the grave I called for help and you listened to my cry you hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swelled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, "I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple." The engulfing waters threatened me; the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. The roots of the mountains, to the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. (laughs) Let's pray together. Lord, I pray particularly for those who are going through difficulties at the moment. And perhaps the last thing they want to do is pray. That you just don't seem to be there. Wonder if you've ever been there. Oh Lord. I ask that you will strengthen them and you'll help them just to cry out to you. Thank you, Lord, that your shoulders are broad and you can take our thoughts, those things that uh, weigh heavily upon us, Thank that we can cast our cares upon you. Help us to do that, Lord, and help us to see what you are doing in us and through us perhaps is far bigger than our immediate circumstances. Lord, help us to know that you have the big picture in view. So Lord, teach us, we pray. Draw us closer to you and make us more dependent upon you, we ask. In the name of Jesus. Amen.